0: Mal was struggling to keep up with Ace. Not only did he have his optics goggles to help him see in the semi-darkness, but this was clearly an area of subterra he was very familiar with.
1: Slow down, huh?
0: We gotta find Hazel before they do.
1: Do you even know where we are?
0: Ace stopped and looked around at the dimly lit terrain. He turned to Mal and said with absolute certainty, Sub-level 23, Quadrant Alpha Domino. Really? Ace grabbed her hand and put it on the smooth surface of the cave wall. Here, feel that? This is an old lava tube. You can only find those on 23. Come on, I know where she might be headed. Ace continued on, but kept a slower pace.
1: Where is she going?
0: I think she might be going back to the junction, where I live.
1: You live near here?
0: Where do you think I live? In the chute? They don't really like bunker orphans there.
1: Oh, it, it's just, how do you survive down here? There's no way. I get by. Why do you think she'll go there?
0: It's where I activated her. Deke, a, a friend told me bots will go back to their spawn point if they're damaged or lose primary contact with their master. Ace and Mal exited the lava tube and moved into a larger cavern. There were several abandoned digging vehicles and ore processing machines there, damaged, rusted and dormant. A few of them were charred black from some long ago fire or explosion and covered in a fine layer of silica. Beyond the machines, the cavern opened into a wide expanse of jutting limestone stalagmites. They could hear the sound of dripping water falling from high above there were several white crystal formations that glittered in the half-light.
1: Look. Calcite crystals. Aren't they beautiful?
0: My mother called this place the Boneyard. Your mother? Ace pointed at a recessed portion of the cavern, covered partially by a thin outcropping of dolomite. I was born... I was born right over there.
1: You were born here?
0: It's one of the only places you can find water on this level. She didn't have much of a choice. Mal looked out at the small pools of water. They were murky and filled with sediment.
1: But this water... It's...
0: Ace just turned away and kept walking before she could finish. Mal took a final look at the place, peering closely at one of the larger calcite crystals The white shards bloomed up and out like a frozen flower. She turned away from the scene and jogged to catch up with Ace, her feet splashing in the shallow puddles of dank water. Suddenly, Ace stopped moving and held out his arm to stop Mal. What? Ace quieted her with a look. Then he turned his optics toward the high ceiling of the cavern, well above the ribbon of dolomite. Mal looked up. it was just an inky void of darkness then there was a sound clearly audible over the intermittent drips of water small flecks of gravel and silt rained down from above sliding across the dolomite and plunking onto the cavern floor there was another gritty hiss and more small stones fell some of them splashing into the shallow pools of water someone or something was up there moving watching them stalking them. Ace moved his hands slowly up to his optics goggles and made a slight adjustment. He locked in on something up high. Ace whispered, It's Hazel! Mal saw Ace smile when he spotted her.
1: What are you waiting for? Call her!
0: Ace was just about to whistle when he took a second look and stopped.
1: No. They got to her. Carter? How can you tell? Is she hurt?
0: No, but they put a riot collar on her. A what? Ace turned to her, surprised. You never heard of a riot collar? Mal shook her head. They put them on bots to hunt dwellers. She'll attack anyone on sight.
1: No, that's not true. My grandfather wouldn't allow that.
0: Ace looked at her and cocked his head as if he couldn't believe how naive she was. Mal looked back as she heard something moving on the rocks. She could barely make out two red dots. Hazel's eyes.
1: Well, we found her. Now what?
0: We didn't find her, she found us. Probably tracking your biochip.
1: And if Carter put that collar on her, then that's all he cares about, is this chip in my arm.
0: Mal put her fingers to her mouth and whistled loudly before Ace could stop her. The sound echoed throughout the cavern. Ace kept his optics aimed at Hazel. She won't respond, not with that collar on. We have to get it off.
1: And how are we going to do that?
0: Before Ace could answer, Hazel leapt down, traversing the dolomite ledges, and dropped onto the cavern floor behind a burned-out tunnel borer. Ace moved in front of Mal and dialed up the gain on his optics. He scanned the area but there was no sign of Hazel, just the drip of the water falling on the stalagmites. Without warning, Hazel dashed out of the darkness, moving at top speed toward Ace and Mal. They turned and ran. As Ace and Mal moved through the stalagmites, Ace looked back to see Hazel slipping on the slick floor. With her angle of approach, there was no way to double back the way Ace and Mal had come from. They had to go deeper into the barrens, dashing into the smaller exit tunnel, following a twisting, turning path. Ace and Mal could hear Hazel's paws scraping against the rock as she pursued them. She was getting closer, there was no doubt about that. In seconds she would be on them. Mal noticed a pipe up ahead. It rose out of the ground and ran parallel with the tunnel wall. As they approached a T-junction, the pipe split off into a narrow passage away from the main tunnel. She grabbed Ace's hand.
1: Follow me! Where? Trust me.
0: Ace followed Mal into the passage, tracking the pipe. Up ahead, Ace could see the passage was a dead end. They were trapped. Before he could say anything, Mal went to the end of the pipe where it disappeared back into the rock. There was a valve attached to the pipe. She quickly went to work on it, but it was stuck. Ace turned and saw Hazel's shadow appear on the wall, slowly advancing.
1: Come here. Help me.
0: Ace joined Mal and put his hand on the valve wheel. It didn't move at first, but as they both strained, it slowly started to give with a creaking metallic groan. Then the valve hissed and steam puffed out of the exhaust port. They doubled their efforts, turning the valve another half-turn. A thick plume of steam shot out of the port, filling the dead-end passageway. Ace and Mal stepped up onto the pipe, which was about a half-meter off the floor. The vapor enveloped Ace and Mal. It was hot, but not scalding. Their vision was completely obscured in a white, cloudy haze, and all they could hear was the rush of escaping steam. Ace could feel his heart racing as the seconds passed. Ace noticed something in his peripheral vision and looked down. He saw a metallic muzzle, Hazel's metallic muzzle, slip through the steam, just inches from Ace and Mal's feet. They both held their breath, not daring to move a muscle. Hazel's head pushed through and tilted down, panning the area. Ace could see the steam had fogged the optical layer of Hazel's eyes. That must have obscured her vision, and the hot steam would be problematic for her heat scanners. Ace let out a slow breath. After what seemed like an eternity, the muzzle pulled back and disappeared from view. They waited a few more beats, then Mal stepped down from the pipe. Ace did the same, stepping out of the cloud of steam. Hazel wasn't there, but they could see the wet paw prints on the passage floor. They carefully crept to the head of the passageway and looked both ways at the T-junction. The wet paw prints continued straight, away from the cavern. Mal whispered to Ace, Are you okay? I know she's only acting that way because of the riot collar. I can't believe she'd attack me like that.
1: Well this is what happens. Machines do what they're programmed to do.
0: Hazel's not a machine. She's the only friend I have in Subterra. You can't understand. You have family. You have friends. Hazel's all I have. Mal looked at Ace for a moment.
1: I know. But she's never gonna stop hunting us.
0: I know. It's her nature. She's a seeker. And with that riot collar, now that she's locked onto us, Ace trailed off, thinking. What? What is it? I've got an idea, but we'll have to go back to the boneyard.
1: But my biochip. She'll find us.
0: I'm counting on it. Ace ran back toward the boneyard cavern with Mal right behind him. Looking back at her as they hurried through the tunnels, Ace felt bad for what he had said to Mal. There was no time to apologize. She may have had all the comforts Ace had never known, but she was actually an outcast just like him. Minutes later, Ace and Mal were back in the boneyard. Ace scanned the derelict machinery and finally saw something that got his attention. It was a large vehicle with twin tank treads. There was a long pipe running down the center of the upper section with a wide opening, almost two meters in diameter, that tapered down to a smaller opening at the other end. There. That ore separator. It should work. I'll go up there right in front of the hopper. What do I do? Lure her in close.
1: Lure? Me? So I'm the bait?
0: Ace put his hand on her shoulder and tried to be reassuring. Trust me. Mal had to smile at Ace, calling back her own words to him from earlier. She'll be tracking your biochip. Mal smiled sarcastically and cocked her head at Ace. Great. Ace climbed up on the ore separator and grabbed an iron rod from a loose pile of junk. He turned back to Mal. Ready? Not really. As soon as she sees you, you'll climb up right here next to me. It will be all right. Mal took a deep breath and exhaled slowly. I'm ready. Ace slammed the iron rod against the metal surface of the ore separator. The loud sound reverberated in the cavern. He repeated the process, banging the rod on the hull again and again. Ace looked all around the cavern, not sure if Hazel would come from the exit tunnel or from some hidden entrance up above in the dolomite crags. Ace! Ace looked down at Mal and saw her pointing toward the exit tunnel. Hazel was there, crouched low. Riot Caller blinking steadily. The bot stepped into the cavern, stalking Mal's position. Get up here, run! Mal couldn't move. She watched Hazel take a slow step toward her. Then another. Now! Mal finally broke from her trance and bolted. Hazel sprinted after her. Mal ran through the maze of stalagmites. Eyes focused on Ace and the ore separator that seemed very far away. Her foot caught on a calcite crystal, and she sprawled to the floor. She looked back and saw red blood on the white crystal. There was a deep gash in her ankle. She gasped in pain and scrambled to get up, but she slipped on the wet floor. Hazel was bearing down on her. A rock clanged into Hazel's side. She stopped and whipped around, spying Ace who was holding another rock. He hurled it at Hazel, but missed this time. Hazel! Over here! Come and get me! Hazel! Hazel peeled away from Mal and went after Ace, the bigger threat. Ace used the rod to bang on the side of the vehicle again, ensuring Hazel was focused on him. He backed up positioning himself at the large end of the hopper and watched as Hazel bore down on him. Hazel closed the last five meters in two bounding leaps and sailed upwards toward Ace. At the last possible second, Ace hit a button on his optics. The cavern suddenly erupted in white light. Mal had to look away from the flash. It wasn't nearly as bright as the amp light Ace had used on the Mass 7 after he had stolen the power pack but it was bright enough to temporarily blind Hazel. She was coming right at Ace, but her front paws flailed wildly. Ace calmly stepped aside and Hazel flew right by and into the ore separator's hopper. There was a screech of metal as her paws dug into the pipe, but it was on a downward angle, and the silica and dust made it too slippery for her to grab hold or stop herself from sliding to the other end. Ace turned quickly and jammed the metal rod into the pipe, pushing Hazel all the way to the smaller end. He wedged the rod in place to keep her from backing out, then jumped off the vehicle and ran to the other end of the tube. Hazel's head was sticking out of the pipe, but her shoulders were too wide for her to go any further. She tried to back up, but the metal rod and the riot collar pinned her in place. She was stuck, and still blind for the moment. She flashed her sharp metal teeth, snapping at the air. Mal joined Ace, but kept her distance from the bared fangs. Slowly and carefully, Ace unlatched the riot collar and pulled it from around her neck. The instant the collar was clear, Hazel relaxed. Her eyes closed. When they opened, they were no longer red. She looked at Ace and made a long, low sound almost like a whimper. Ace threw back the bolt and opened a latch mechanism on the pipe. The opening was wide enough now for Ace and Mal to pull Hazel free. They carefully set her on the ground. They could hear her core systems resetting. She moved a paw but lacked the power to get to her feet. Hazel's head turned slightly and she saw Mal's bloody ankle. Again, she made that whimpering sound. Mal carefully ran her finger down Hazel's right foreleg and pressed the button at the joint. The panel on her ribcage slid open.
1: No. They got it. They got the chip.
0: Ace looked over and saw that the compartment was empty. What do we do now?
1: I've got some unfinished business with Carter.
0: They could be anywhere.
1: We'll find them.
0: How? Mal looked over at Hazel, who stepped toward them and sat obediently.
1: She'll find them.
0: Mal grabbed the riot collar and held it down in front of Hazel's nose. Hazel suddenly became alert, her eyes scanning the collar. Her nostrils opened as her scent receptors hummed. Mal uttered a single word a command seek Subterra
1: written and produced by Steve Kruger and Warren Davis performed by Marty Yu and C.C. Boyce